24-24 right now. She's obliterating the record. Alicia Barnall is about to four-peat. The only man in history to do it. Kara Goucher, she wanted to do this event. It was important to her. Here in Duluth, how sweet it is. Her arm raised in triumph. Welcome, everybody, to the Gearing Up for Grandma's podcast, brought to you by Essentia Health. I am Zach Schneider, the Marketing and PR Director here at Grandma's Marathon, and I'm back this episode with another of our 2024 Grand Ambassadors. And if you haven't listened to one of these episodes in the past, we selected 20 of these people from a pool of more than 100 applicants to be part of our team this year. Their role is pretty simple. It's to help us spread the word to answer questions and really just keep the excitement high ahead of our Grandma's Marathon weekend. We're lucky to have a good group of Grand Bassers this year. And today, the Grand Bassers joining us is Sarah Stewart. Sarah, thanks for joining us. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Sarah has a unique place in Grandma's Marathon history as they were the first non-binary finisher of our Gary Bjorkland Half Marathon. That was the year that we introduced the non-binary category in 2022. That year, we had four participants uh, across our three weekend races in the non-binary category. It grew exponentially into 2023. I think we had closer to 40 uh, total non-binary participants, and we're hoping that growth continues now into 2024 and beyond. But Sarah, let's start with that. You came here and ran in 2022, you entered that non-binary category, you participated in the half marathon for the first time with our race uh, as a non-binary participant. What was that experience like? What did that mean to you uh, to be here in Duluth running as a non-binary runner? It was... It was wild. Um, I hadn't registered for the race. I like got a transfer bib um, before the deadline, um, just because like I hadn't planned on running that year. And then you know had some like life stuff happen, and I was like, I just need to like run. I just need to run it out, you know. And um, so I got a transfer bib from somebody in St. Paul, and um, went through like the transfer process, and was like, oh, I I didn't realize that Grandma's had like a non-binary category. Like I've identified this way for a while, and never noticed it before. And hadn't seen anything like advertised about it or anything. And so I was like, oh, this is, it was kind of like a passing thought. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Um, so went about registering, didn't think anything more about it. And then um, I got an email from someone, maybe you, um, that was just asking if um, it was okay to like publish that in the paper. And I thought that was like very nice. And then, um, yeah, like I think I asked like how many runners there were because I was just so curious about it and was told that I was the only one in the half marathon and then I was like oh oh my gosh if I like finish this I win like I'll be like the first one um and that was like such a I mean it definitely like bumped my training up and was very focused during the race normally I'm like just like a fun runner doesn't really pay attention to pace or whatever I'm just like going on vibes um, but I was like, oh my gosh, like I need to finish within the time cutoff. Like this is kind of like a, a really cool opportunity, a really big deal for me. Um, cause grandma's is one of my favorite races. And so I was like, I, this is such a neat thing to have this opportunity to like, you know, go down in the history books as the first one. It's been such a learning experience for our staff to add this category to our race. And, and that's included a lot of conversations with outside consultants, with non-binary runners 
to try to make sure that we're doing the right things as we try to grow this category uh, over the next several years. But for you, it's interesting that you say you hadn't seen it advertised. There was a lot of debate on our side about whether or not this was something that we should announce and something that this, this is something that we should tell people about. It's certainly something that we're, we were proud of to be offering as part of our race weekend, but something that I think even amongst our staff, we felt like we were late to the game. We felt like it wasn't necessarily something that we should celebrate because we felt we were even behind the eight ball. When you look around the country, though, you notice that races are trending in this direction, but there aren't a lot of non-binary categories available, uh, but they're becoming more and more prevalent. Is that what you felt as well? Yeah, and I actually thought that Grandma's was kind of like a trailblazer in this way because um, I hadn't, like a lot of the major marathons hadn't included that category yet. Um, and so I was like, this is my, my initial impact when, or like initial thought when I saw that was like, this is a big deal. We should be talking about this more. Um, and, and I think that, I think maybe if you guys felt late to the game, I felt like you were ahead of it because there were so many, like every time I go to register for something. Um, and I think in, in the following year, I made it like a deal with myself that I wasn't going to register for any runs that didn't have a non-binary category because like why give my money to an organization that like doesn't see me um and so yeah I thought it was like really awesome that you guys had it and and was really surprised that I hadn't seen anything about it or had had like heard anything you know in my like little like queer running circles about um that inclusion so um it's it's really great how much it's grown in the short time that you guys have had it um and it's great to see more like bigger races doing adding that category as well it's great to see yeah, for sure. And I think what's happening is what we hoped is that the growth is fairly organic, not something that we're trying to push, but we, we hoped that people like you would come and, and participate in the race and, and feel included, feel seen, and then go back and share that with your, your groups, your community, and then we would see more the next year. And that's what we had happen in 2023. It's what we're hoping happens again in 2024. But that initial step is what we learned was was so important and uh through our conversations about how we do this right and, and how we start and all the things that needed to go into adding a new category that we had never had before a lot of the feedback we got was the first step is the most important things don't have to be perfect um there's things that you can add in three to five to ten years to make things maybe more equitable with the men's and women's categories but the first thing that you have to do is just do it um is that on your side maybe the most important thing to to talk about these races that haven't taken that step forward yet and maybe are feeling like we were to say we need everything to be in place before we can take that initial step yeah no i'm i'm a big like start you know just like the first step is the most important one absolutely um and like don't be afraid there's a quote um like don't let perfect like be the robber of good or something like that and I think that's absolutely um a great like ethos to live by when we approach inclusion because we're everyone is going to make mistakes like no matter who you are how you identify um there'll be like bumbles and stumbles along the way but I think that starting and putting forth like a good faith effort is a good um, first step. And it, it shows the desire to include people. And I think, you know, 
and then coupling that with like being open to feedback and adjusting along the way um, is like so crucial. Yeah, there are a lot of things with arrays, especially of our size, that just can't be fixed right away. And, and a lot of the feedback we got was if you add the category first and then figure out the rest of those steps, you're you're on your way to to doing the right thing in the right way. And so um, you're not here just to talk about uh, Grandma's Marathon and, and our non-binary category, but but your personal experience uh, in running and the the greater concept of inclusion, uh, not just in running, but in sport. And, and we're seeing this conversation more and more uh, around the, the country and around the world, really. But take me through your running journey. Um, when you started to identify as, as non-binary, uh, what exclusions did you feel uh, in the running community before maybe the last several years where some of those doors have started to open. But what was your experience like as a non-binary runner uh, before maybe this movement started in, in mass around the country? Yeah, I, you know, I have been identifying as non-binary, I think, since 2017. Um, and 2017 or 2018 and I think at first it was like I you know I would just I loved running and I would just go through the registration process um and not even think twice about the fact that there wasn't a non-binary category for me um I don't think it was like a thing I even dreamed of back then um I just like assumed it was like like the world is so binary and I just assumed that that is like the way that it would stay and then um more and more, I think as I like went through my like gender journey, um, it just like felt less and less comfortable to like select that women's category and, um, you know, start races with, um, maybe people, you know, if it was like a men's start, women's start, um, start races with people that like didn't look like I felt. Um, and so I just like kind of stopped running races and just um, kind of like did my own thing, went and supported my friends, but just kind of like stopped registering for races. And then, um, you know, slowly it would be, you know, in like the queer running community, there'd be like little rumbles about like this race or this race. Or um, I started um, emailing uh, like race directors when I, if I wanted to register for a race, if a friend was doing a race that they, you know, I wanted to join in them with just like emailing them, like, Hey, can we add this category? And I think the first time that I did that was actually for a race through the Lapa foundation who I work for now. Um, and it was their, their loop at Lopit. And, um, one of my friends knew the race director and so I like emailed him and was like, Hey, like, I really want to do this race. I have friends that are doing this race, but like, I can't, I, you know, I would love to have like a non-binary option for me, um, to register with. And, uh, was David Bittner and he's a great dude in the Minnesota running scene. And he was like, yeah, like, let's make this happen. And so, um, you know, we went back and forth a little bit with like language and, um, how to like word stuff in the registration form and online. And, um, and then, and David made it happen, um, gave me a comp registration for you know helping do that and it was so fun it was I think that was the first time that I like ran as my full self um and it was like one of those things that like looking back in the moment was it felt very transactional like I want this please do this for me and you know we worked to make it happen um but it was such a joyful race and I like 
got to run with my friends. I was on a team. Um, and the way that it felt to not be kind of like consumed with the thoughts of like, um, you know, running in the wrong category or not having the, you know, obviously it was get misgendered a lot. Um, but knowing that like I was running as myself, um, I think definitely like aided in that joy and kind of like the same thing at grandma's, um, when I was running that race for the first time, like it just, the way that it feels is so different. Um, and it's very hard to explain if, if it's not something that you've like went through, but, um, I know it's just like a really beautiful feeling. What is the, the long-term goal here? Um, now we've seen so many races add the non-binary category and that allows you to come to the race and feel more comfortable and, and be like your true self. What else is there? Um, that's the biggest step I feel like. And now there's a lot of little things um, that are equally, you know, important things, but what is next, I guess, for this non-binary category to move forward? Um, I think for me, it's celebrating those athletes. Um, I mean, there's, there's a number of things we can truly go down a rabbit hole of like, um, just like equitable inclusion from the beginning of running, um, through, you know, levels where you're going to, um, be competing in races. Um, but for me, it's like a, ce a celebration of the runner. Um, and I think that historically, um, in my experience, I guess, um, like folks who are non-binary folks who are trans have like really lived, um, kind of like in the shadow, um, for a long time of like, uh, not, not feeling included, um, also not wanting to like draw attention to themselves. Um, and I think that we're really in a, a, I say that we're in a different place. The United States is not necessarily in a different place. The running world is not necessarily in a different place, but I see the, the beginnings of change in the running space for this inclusion. And I think what's next, like what we need is all of these races that are adding this category to move from um, kind of like the basic, you know, first step of adding this inclusion to truly like celebrating these runners too. And then being true, like allies and making sure that like the spaces that they're hosting these runners in are, are truly inclusive. And that's from like restroom options to, you know, we could talk about like the language that we use for like men's and women's shirt pickup. Um, and those are like little things that I think, you know, you can make small changes that have a big impact on some people and know it makes no difference to like other people, um, just with like the changing of a few words. And then, um, making sure that like, you know, not to have everyone have to be an online warrior, but like the comment section sometimes of like, um, you know, runner's world magazine, you know, posts on Instagram and things like that. Um, just like having, like, if, if you're going to post something and I would love to see more posts about this inclusion and celebrating the inclusion of this category. Um, but just making sure that like that comment section is not, um, out of control too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to ask about the the critics of this category and, and there there have been 
comment sections, there have been blog posts, there have been whatever it is um, over the last several years. And, and Grandma's Marathon has, has seen and felt some of that. But for you, when you show up on race weekend and you get to register and participate as a non-binary runner, most of the participants, I hope, are, are supportive of that. To have the organization be supportive of that. How emotional is that still to this day um, when you get to show up and, and be yourself? And when we say, I think the, the thing that we talked about so often as a staff when we were adding this category um, a couple years ago was if the idea is that running is for everyone, we have to live by those words and be supportive, even though this is a smaller category, the men's and women's categories are still larger right now than the non-binary category and probably will be, maybe not forever, but certainly for the next several years uh, in, in the near-term future. But what does it mean to have some of that, that close-knit support, whether it's from other participants, whether it's from the organization, to combat some of the, the negative comments that you've seen, uh, whether it's uh, on, online or in person? Um, I truly get emotional about it like every single time still. Um, it just, it, to, to exist in a world where you like, just like feel like you will never fit in. Um, and not that like assimilation is a goal, but like you just feel like, um, a different in ways that other, uh, you feel different from other people to like live in that world for so long. And then to like, finally like have words for yourself and use them for yourself is like one step of feeling, um, but then to like move to like other people seeing and honoring like your identity as well is just something that like, I, I don't think it will ever, that magic will never, I think be lost on me. And, and I hope it's never lost on me. Um, I think it's so, that representation is so important and it starts with the recognition of identities. Um, and yeah, I, I get emotional about it truly. Like every time I am like at a start line, it still feels um, like revolutionary to me to be running um, as my full self and to like have many people around me um, honor that identity. And, and now, you know, like even like, you know, spectators in the crowd and things like that, like if they have flags or if they, um, you know, I usually will run with something that has like, Right now I run with a lot of, in a, like a lot of like trans kids shirts. And so to have people like recognize my shirt and call something out from, from a cheer station and things like that, but that still doesn't get old because there's, there is still so much, um, ugh, truly hate, um, in the world. And so to have it, sometimes it feels scary to like toe, toe the line with this identity and, um, be so open and out with it. Um, especially in places like Northern Minnesota. Um, but just like one, one comment from somebody will make the difference and be like, no, this is important. And this is like, it is aligned with who I am. Um, both like my identity, but also to like be this out and to like be someone that, you know, a different a kid can see running and, um, you know, they might not recognize it in that moment, but years later or something like that. Um, that, that's, that's the important thing. You know what I mean? That representation and, and holding that and celebrating that and, um, that's going to trump any comment section any day of the week. So for you, you've taken on the role of being very public about this 
transformation within the, the industry, uh, with your story, being a grand ambassador for us, uh, had, a, had a very specific purpose, which was to talk more about topics like this one, uh, specifically this one with your story. Why take that step to, to be so public uh, with it? for you? I mean, there's there's a lot of people around the, the country that probably have a similar story to yours, but don't want to to be in the in the spotlight and be in the public eye. Why take that on uh, at this point for you? For me, it's like this is like all of my identities that I have. Um, this is a like a part of who I am, but it is not it doesn't like define who I am. And I think that we're at a real turning place Um, I hope we're at a real turning place Um, in our culture of um, moving from like acceptance to understanding. And and I think that that representation um, to, to being out is a real choice in that representation lens of seeing like, you know, I'm a, a person just like everyone else. Like this is a part of me, but it doesn't define who I am. I think there's a lot of, um, still a lot of fear with, you know, what these words, what trans means, what non-binary means, what it means for non-binary trans people to be running in a male-female category or in a non-binary category. Um, and I, th- I think that I'm a person who wants everyone to feel good in spaces where they're at, but I'm also someone who at different points in my life, um, was pretty ignorant and like went on my own learning journey. And I think that like, my, um, the way that I pay back all of the people that helped me learn is by helping other people learn. So, you know, I try to bring people along on this journey. I try to open up my DMs. I try to have conversations with people, um, about, you know, about queer inclusion, about non-binary, about trans stuff and hoping that it makes a difference in, in people's, it just like opens people's worlds up differently and, and lets them um, ex- understand a lived experience that is different their, than their own, but also is like very much the same as theirs. You know, like I get my oil changed. I make breakfast. I make coffee every day. You know, like I have jobs. I have family. I have, you know, all of these things. And so like the day-to-day life for me is very similar to anyone of any identity. Um, and I think the more that we focus on what unites us, the um, more we are capable of um, kind of bridging the gaps for the things that divide us and understanding each other differently. Um, so I try to make myself like, and I try to make myself approachable for people who want to learn um, and for people who don't want to learn. I think that's also like a step um, that's out there as well. Um, I think all that coupled with Um, I think what like really like lit my fire, um, is just all of the, like the bills, um, that have been, you know, being passed in a lot of States about trans kids and sports. Um, and I'm somebody who like, didn't, uh, didn't know that I was trans when I was younger. Um, I lived in Southern Minnesota and like, we didn't have words that, like I knew that I felt differently. Um, but none of the words that I would hear felt right. And so I like, just like, didn't, you know, I just thought I was like a weird kid or something like that. Um, but being in sports absolutely like saved my life. Like I, I didn't in, in the times that I didn't know 
who I was or where I fit in, like being a part of a team gave me a purpose and gave me a place to be. And it gave me a role to fill. Um, and without that, like, I, I don't know how my future would have looked. I think it would have been very bleak. Um, and so I think that was like the turning point for me. Cause I was like, we can't, we can't keep kids who are like me. Um, we can't keep them out of things that will support them in that way. Um, I think trans kids inclusion in sport is like one of my most, the most important things to me. And so I think like being somebody who's just like talking more about it. Um, if I, if, if it makes one difference to one kid, like then I'm happy to do this for the rest of my life and talk and battle comments and, and do whatever I need to do, you know? For sure. It's, uh, it's been a great experience having you as, as part of our team. Uh, Sarah's done a couple Instagram takeovers. She's done other things uh, throughout the year to, to help shed some light on, on this topic, why it's important and, and what we still have to do, um, you know, together as a running industry to, to help get where we want to be. Inclusivity is, is not confined to just the non-binary, the transgender um, conversation. There are a lot of other aspects and tentacles of the inclusivity conversation. Um, runners of color, uh, BIPOC runners, um, runners that have disabilities. Uh, all these things are, are interconnected. And without asking you to speak necessarily on being a BIPOC runner or a runner with a disability, to see organizations start to take more of an interest in being the ones to take the first step, which is, I think, what we've seen over the last three to five years. Um, what does that mean to you as a member of that community that someone else is willing to reach out and say, we're going to do this for you? Whereas I think a lot of the runners weren't willing, and maybe this was you five years ago before this this movement started, before the pandemic, when organizations didn't have a non-binary category and you were forced to pick between either men's or women's and you said, you know what, I'm just not going to go to those events. Now some organizations are willing to take the first step and say, we're going to have the category. We want you to come. Because I think one of the common criticisms of this conversation is non-binary runners runners of color, runners with disabilities have always been welcome to come to events like Grandma's Marathon. We've, they've never been excluded, but they've never been intentionally included. So to have that shift in mindset over the last several years, what has that meant to you to see maybe somebody else willing to, to take that first step to ask you to come to their events? I think it means a lot. I think it's, you know, it's a, it's a shift and it, it, it feels different to show up to something. Um, there's a difference between, like you said, like between being like everyone is welcome. There's a difference between that ethos and like, we have created space for you to show up. Um, and I think that it's, uh, ongoing work for sure. Um, but I think that it just, I think it both, feels good to show up that way to feels good to show up in those spaces where people have made space for you. Um, so there's not a question of if I am welcome, it is, yes, you are welcome and you are wanted. Um, and then I think it's also kind of a way to 
you know, it takes down like a couple of defenses, right? Like, okay, you've made the space and now I'm willing to maybe give some more feedback or offer some like gentle feedback or wishes, you know? And I think, you know, at the beginning of this journey for me, I yelled a lot, you know, I was just like mad that things weren't already done, you know, and not understanding that like, there's a very human aspect of this, you know, people are afraid to start because they're afraid to, you know, make mistakes at the beginning. Um, and I think when, you know, when one step is taken on one side and then so it, it empowers people to take another step toward that and sooner or later we'll like end up in the same spot together, um, which is, is, would be the dream. Yeah, for sure. It's an ongoing ongoing conversation and I think that having conversations like the one we're having today is very important it helps everybody understand a little bit more as we said at the beginning talking to people who are involved in that community whether it's non-binary whether it's the BIPOC runners runners with disabilities talking to people that actually have those experiences is the most uh, important thing to to get a sense of of where we are but in your eyes where are we today compared to maybe five years ago and where should we be five years from now? What's the status report on inclusivity and running? Yeah, I think that we are light years from where we've been. And I think we're light years from where we need to be. Um, I really, I think, I, I know that everyone is like, this is changing so fast and we're doing all these things and there's so much focus on BIPOC runners and this non-binary category and indigenous runners and things like that. Um, I do really think that we're still in like the beginning phases of most of this. Um, and I think that I can't wait to see, you know, I hope that we keep this momentum going and I hope we keep having conversations. Um, and I hope that, you know, adding it like the non-binary category or, um, having, you know, policies where like indigenous runners run free or, you know, BIPOC runners are able to register like on a sliding scale or something like that. I hope that this isn't, um, like a box being checked off, um, for races, for the running community. I hope that we keep this momentum up because really any, any inclusion measures that are done, now are really like an investment in the sport. Um, and I would love to see, you know, big races, um, running brands, you know, industries, things like that continue to invest in, you know, all of these, all of our groups, you know what I mean? Like queer runners, BIPOC runners, native runners, um, disabled, uh, athletes, I think the more that we include them and invest in them from, you know, the ground up, um, the more that we'll see, you know, bigger races, uh, bigger competitions, um, bigger categories, and just like more, I'm, I'm somebody who wants everyone to have a seat at the table. And so it's like, I want everyone to be here. I want everyone to be a runner. Um, and I think the more that people invest in, the sport and in the athletes that want to participate in the sport, we'll see that. Um, and I think it will take a long time. Like we can make, you know, changes and it, it makes a, you know, a ripple impact now, but I really think that like 20 years from now, you know, I can dream about like huge non-binary categories and, you know, equal paychecks for, you know, men's, women's, non-binary and the wheel category. Um, and I think that like investing in the athletes 
when they're young and what resources that they have is going to do that. And I think that this, the small steps that like everyone in the running community is taking now are like small steps toward that. But the quicker we get there, the bigger the results will be sooner, you know, the payoff will come sooner. Yeah. The way that we've kind of described it is that we're not trying to redivide the pieces of the pie so that the, the more uh, traditional groups get smaller pieces. We're trying to increase the size of the pie as a whole and, and include more pieces as we go forward here uh, as an industry. Yeah. I do think that it can be a smaller pie for a little while. Though. You know what I mean? Like, I think that like having, I think it would be, I'm trying to think if I know any races off the top of my head that like have equal payouts for, you know, all four categories. And I, I don't think that there is one that I know of off the top of my head, but like, wow, how incredible that would be, you know? And, um, it just takes one race to be bold and do it and get all the coverage about it. And then everyone else will be like, we're going to have to do that too. You know what I mean? Like we got to up our game. Um, and so I, I would like to see that. And that's what I've, um, I know it's a, a bigger jump on, for a race as big as grandma's and with the big, as big payouts as grandma has for their athletes. Um, but that's the thing that I've really, um, focused on when I'm helping like smaller races get started with categories is like, just make every, just do, just copy and paste everything that you do for each of these other categories for the non-binary category, have the same prize, have the same excitement about these runners. Um, and, and you will see that like, people will be so excited to participate in this and there will be a word of mouth that happens afterward and it will be bigger if you also talk about it and celebrate it a little bit extra um you know when I think about you know celebration specifically um we've, we've celebrated the men's and women's categories for a long long time and we don't need to celebrate them less but the you know the non-binary category the chair category like like those are our athletes that deserve a little extra celebration because they, they haven't been celebrated for a long time, you know? Um, so those little things, I think it, it might feel silly to a race organization to like be excited about that and really like pub it or talk about it or do things like that. But, um, I think that your target audience are the athletes that also identify that way or would like register in that category. Um, and it's going to make a huge difference to them and want, make them want to participate in your, in your race. Yeah, it's a good point. And it's a conversation that, that we're having with several different organizations. Uh, I believe that New York Roadrunners, uh, shout out to them because they've been, been leaders in, in this conversation as well, as far as race organizations and, and somebody that we've leaned on a lot. I think that in some of their smaller races, they have equal prize money uh, today for their non-binary as compared to their men's and women's, not for uh, the, the marathon, but I think some of their smaller races have equal prize money. Uh, full disclosure, Grandma's Marathon does not, uh, as of yet, uh, in 2023, we added prize money to the non-binary category for the, the marathon and the half marathon, but we're not to an equal level yet. It's uh, on our on our goal list, uh, there are a lot of things on our goal list. Uh, some of the things that Sarah talked about, like celebrating uh, non-binary champions with break tapes and with uh, post-race celebrations, things like that, um, all on our list uh, that we want to get to sooner rather than later. But again, it goes back to uh, these are things that you can continue to work toward 
while also uh, taking that first step of having the category. That's kind of where Grandma's Marathon lives right now, is we know we've taken the first really important step, and there's a lot of important work still yet to come. Yeah. Sarah, thanks so much for joining us. This was great. Uh, it's been wonderful to have you as a Grand Ambassador and, and to continue this conversation to have uh, an ambassador, not just for our race, but for the non-binary community uh, as part of our team uh, leading up to, to June. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I, I love Grandma's Marathon. It's my, one of my favorite Minnesota races, and so I'm so excited to be up there again in June this year. If people want to follow you on social media, maybe they have questions stemming from this episode, want to follow up on, on some of the things that we talked about, where's the best place uh, that they can get in touch with you, connect with you ahead of the race? Uh, I actually just changed my Instagram handle. Um, let me look it up. <laughs> I think it's stir it up. S T U H R I T U P. Yes. So that's a great spot to find me on the internet group and the transfer group. Facebook is such a multi-group spot, but I'm just Sarah Stewart on Facebook. Um, and yeah, please, if you have any questions, if you want to chat more, if you have, um, I love, I love connecting with people who, um, want to learn and, and want to come to it with an open heart and, um, understand more. So would love to chat with anyone who wants to chat. Yeah, for sure. We encourage that to, to anyone out there, uh, whoever you are, whatever your situation is, Sarah is always a, a great person to, to talk to. So this Gearing Up for Grandma's podcast is brought to you by Essentia Health. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcast. Please subscribe, rate us, tell your friends. Grandma's Marathon is proudly presented by Toyota, Members Cooperative, Credit Union, and A6. I'm Zach Schneider. Until next time, everyone, be well, 